0: Hello, this is Haley Wilson, and welcome back to Wilson Sporting Reviews, a podcast from someone who knows a lot about sports and not a lot about movies, but a place where we can talk about your favorite sports movies and figure out what we know and what we don't know and everything in between. So, welcome to episode two of Wilson Sporting Reviews. I'm very glad to have you here. I'm very excited for today's movie, it's one of my personal favorites sports or non-sports related. It is about baseball, but is it really? I don't know. We'll find out. But before we get to that, um, a f- quick fantasy football update for me. Bad. Last week was bad. I did not great. I don't know what's going on with my team, but I'm a little disappointed in myself. And seeing tonight's um, Thursday Night Football, and pretty sure Robbie Anderson was giving me about zero points last time i checked yep and so that's really cool and i'm really appreciating that um don't know what's going on there but love it love it so maybe i will rally eventually maybe not probably not i know it's week three but getting a little worried anyways back to why we're all here today's movie is money ball the two 2000- thousand and 11 the 2011 movie that was released on september 23rd running time 133 minutes budget was i think it ended up being 47 million when all said and done and it's directed by bennett miller who has some academy award nominations and screenplay is by stephen zalian z-a-l-l-i-a-n zalian zalian zolian anyways him this movie is also as brad pitt jonah hill philip seymour hoffman love this movie hate baseball but love this movie i just think baseball fans are a little nutty personally um i've never met a baseball fan that's like normal about baseball and i don't know why but it's it's just true And so I'm not much of a baseball person. I like the Chicago Cubs. I mean, I'm from the central Indiana. It's basically like Cubs or Reds and Cardinals here and there, but go Cubs, go. But I would say this movie is more about, like, stats and strategy and owner-front office player relationships and associations rather than, like the actual sport itself i mean it's a true story um it's based off of the 2002 oakland a's and their general manager billy bean with his assistant um which i'm gonna get into this peter brand is in the movie but it's actually based on someone else his name is not peter brand anyways i don't think people realize or understand power owners and general managers have over players and what little power players have in any really athletic association I feel like. I mean that's why you have like the NFLPA and the MLBPA because you need like those kind of things so athletes can advocate for themselves. Um, So that's kind of what you see in this movie. It's not actual baseball players in this movie are not the important like they are the important thing because they talk about them all the time but like them themselves don't get to advocate for themselves is kind of what's going on so basically yeah athletes like an employee and they're treated like so there's very large contracts of multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to the millions but i feel like that piece of ownership and loyalty that you sometimes get in sports doesn't always exist after you know collegiate I mean you're you're getting paid to do this um and I think that's why I like I think that's why I like the NFL a little bit more than any other professional organization for sports especially the NBA now it's just like you have to like a player over the team because I feel like they move a lot but that's why I I digress and but just a takeaway before talking about moneyball So, Moneyball starts out. You get to know this team a little bit from the inside. You have the Oakland A's are in a playoff game. I want to say it's the American League Division Series from 2001. And they lose after a really good season, but they lose this game. And they are playing the New York Yankees. Um, very successful organization, obviously. If you play for the Yankees, you're probably very good at baseball. So, they lose this game, and you're introduced to the general manager of the Oakland A's, which is Billy Bean. He is approaching his owner, Scott, for more money, because if you need more money in a professional association, in a sports franchise, you have to address your owner, because that's the deep pockets and that's why these old white men are very involved hey there's some white there's some old white women like the owner of the chicago bears i believe but they have to approach their owner for money and so in the book and they might have explained this in the movie too but in the book they explain explicitly that the a's were dealing with a 44 million payroll versus the yankees payroll of 125 million now i'm no genius but that's about an 80 million dollar deficit that you could very much like you could do a lot with that 80 million because especially in 2002 these contracts for baseball players aren't the millions and gazillions that we're seeing today i mean i don't again, I'm not a huge baseball person, so, like, I don't know the contracts, but didn't someone just sign, like, the biggest baseball contract ever not too long ago in the millions? And so, like, at in 2002, 80 million dollars can get you a lot or a few people that are worth a lot. So, this is what he, like, is approaching his owner with, this problem of, like, I don't know what to do because we're going to keep sucking if we don't have enough money. So, that conversation happens and then billy goes back to oakland and he's strategizing with his like scout team which is like even i know it's early 2000s but it just like blows my mind like the superficialness of this room this room is like a conference it's like looks like it's in a basement there's no windows very dark in there everyone's just talking over each other and they're talking about these baseball recruits like they're a piece of meat or I don't know like it's like a beauty pageant it's very superficial in what they're looking for in these baseball players like there's a comment that's like good jaw, nice looking ball player okay and and so Billy gets very frustrated with this and he goes can he hit a ball and he's like yeah and then like someone's talking about like someone's girlfriend that is ugly it's like ugly girlfriend means low confidence. Personally I disagree with that, but whatever. And also rude. Just rude. And so it's just like one guy brings up after Billy kind of gets mad at them, it's like, What are you looking at when you're scouting these people? Because obviously you're not looking at the right thing and we're gonna keep being bad if you're not looking at the right thing when we're scouting these people. And someone's like, There's a lot of experience in that room. That's BS. I hate when people use that excuse like oh there's a lot of knowledge in there oh there's a lot of experience you better listen to them no what if we want to change it up and so like that's b- what billy's whole goal of this movie is um is to kind of change what they're doing now so they can make it better and work with the money that they have because they have an 80 million dollar deficit that is impacting how They can recruit people, and so they're just not going to be top of the game because they have no money. Anyways, it just made me very frustrating because this is the early 2000s, and there's not a woman in any of these scenes. This movie definitely doesn't pass the Bechdel test, I'll tell you that one. But it's just very frustrating. So just a lot of men making decisions that think they know everything always because they're old and they've just been doing the same job forever it's like guess what maybe you actually need to think harder but that's just my personal suggestion anyways from there mr bean billy bean um is meeting with the cleveland indians i think they're talking about some offers and whatnot and this is when we meet enter peter brand i think i love peter brand's character not only is jonah hill but he's just like very interesting and so he mentioned something during this meeting with the uh GM of the or owner of the Cleveland Indians and he like actually took his opinion and he was a very young guy. So Billy takes it note of this and he finds Peter at his desk and he's like, Who are you? And Peter is very subdued and humble, I would say. He looks very nervous, very nervous and he's like, I don't know what you mean, and he's like, who are you, and he's like, I'm Peter Brandon, and Brad Pitt is like, I don't get an F about, like, what your name is, I need to know who you are, and, like, why he just listened to you, so basically, they don't have, he, Peter Brand feels very nervous about this situation, so then he proceeds to have a conversation with Brad Pitt in this parking garage of their building, which I'm like, I'm sure someone overheard that too. It was very all the President's Men vibes. Great movie. Highly recommend that one. 1979, I want to say, maybe, with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. Anyways, so they have this private conversation, and Peter Brand's like, it is more about statistics and analytics than it is about anything else. And all these people are looking at the wrong thing. And that's why we're trying to figure out. So mr bean is very very attracted to this idea and he eventually ends up hiring peter brand or as he says i just bought you from the cleveland indians haha ha, funny baseball terminology and so that's how peter brand starts working for billy bean but now side note about peter brand peter brand's character is loosely based off of a collection of billy bean's assistants in real life but mostly connected to this man called Paul de Podesta, who helped incorporate this concept of sabermatrix, which is this whole concept of looking at numbers and, and probability over the player himself. Um, he, uh, de Podesta, did not want to be portrayed in the movie because after this book, that the book Moneyball, came out in 2004, he was seen as someone who didn't care about the sport he didn't care about baseball he didn't care about the players only the numbers and making sure that they were successful which can seem harsh so he just didn't want to be portrayed outright and so that's why his name is not in the movie um he's very successful man though and i appreciate that he after he was at the Oakland A's he moved on to the Dodgers he became the Dodgers general manager at the age of 31 that's pretty darn cool um then he moved on the Padres the Mets and I believe now he works for the NFL and the Cleveland Browns so he circled back to Cleveland eventually very interesting but this is who Peter Brandt is if you read into how this movie was made he his character is just like a collection of many of the people that were in Paul DePodesta's spot and him. He's just like, Peter Brand is also this interesting kid because he's, he graduated from Yale, he graduated with economics from Maryland, um, but again, he just has this innate intuition about what, how the game of baseball can be changed with this new style. So another like backstory of this movie is that Billy Bean used to be a professional baseball player and he was being recruited by the N L B as, like, a senior in high school, which I feel like is definitely illegal. Someone needs to fact check something like that, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, not okay to do. Um, he had a full ride offer from Stanford to play baseball, and I just get so angry because why do people think that it's okay to tell, like, 18-year-olds and sometimes 16- and 17-year-olds when they're recruiting and just, like, target them about stuff? It's, like, they don't know... A single thing that you are talking about I hope you know that like they're gonna look at the superficial things and they're gonna listen to everything you tell them so please don't be they're just impressionable people like yeah I know I'm four years older than that which is like not a ton but like come on anyways so they recruited him um I believe it's the Mets and then he um Played for four different baseball teams before he stopped playing baseball. He became a scout. And then after scouting for, I want to say, six or seven years, he became the general manager of the Oakland Lakes. So there's a lot of flashbacks during this movie about his time in baseball and how he just, like, didn't lead up to anything he wanted or anything that people wanted him to be. He just didn't turn out as the best baseball player that they thought he was going to be. So I think that's, like, also... Influencing a lot of his decisions and looking deeper into things than just like the surface level things that these scouts were looking for. So, we get back to Oakland. Bean now has Brand with him, and Bean starts talking about this new way of doing things. And people are like, "Who is the who is this kid that's just like sitting with you now?" And he's like, "This is Peter Brand. I'm going to listen to everything he says and." nothing that you're going to say so the coach art ho how oops art Art how is the coach with oakland A's. he's played by philip seymour hoffman love him may he rest in peace um the real art how was not happy with his portrayal because he was like i'm seen as this like unhappy traditionalist that doesn't want to change anything but in reality Bean just wouldn't consider his opinion at all, which I think is a flaw of Billy Bean. Um, because he's a coach. He has to coach these players that you keep trading and picking up and dropping and yada, yada, yada. Um, and so he just, like, questions... They just don't have the best relationship, especially when, like, they're losing every single game, thanks to his new little theory that he has. Um, and so Bean has this guy on his radar, um, named Scott Hoteberg, and he used to be this great pitcher and then he got injured. And he was just still having arm issues and so he was just like off the radar. So Billy and Brand, or Bean and Brand, decide that they wanna they wanna tap this guy back in, but they wanna use him for the first base position. And so Art Howe is like he doesn't play first base, and he's like, "Well, you're going to teach him." So that's kind of like a weird thing. Also, Scott Haddeberg is played by Chris Pratt, which I want to say this is like one of his first like big movies because he doesn't have a super big role in it. It was probably it was probably around the same time as Parks and Rec, so it's not like he was super known, but he does a good job. I think he is very humble and figures it out, but he plays an important role to this team and the success that they have later in the season. So, very interesting. So, with the, him, Hatterberg, and I want to say this other pitcher that just, like, pitches kind of weird, but he's really good at what he does, are picked up by the Oakland A's. And these these big ticket names, like um, Jason, B, Jason Giambi, they're gone. Um, I want to say Rincon, gone. Like, all of these players that they had... Last season are not even on the roster anymore. Um, So people are like, what the heck is going on? However, they start winning. And I'm not admitting, like, one game here, one game here. They're on a streak that people had never seen before. Thanks to their nice new little system that they have going on. So, I love... The part of the movie that I really like is, like, it's very intense and kind of like nerve-wracking because you're like okay when are they gonna lose because you can't just win them all all the time I mean I guess you can but like baseball is not set up to win a ton of games in a row just because baseball games in the major leagues you're playing three four five baseball games a week I feel like and so the system is just not made to get in the teens of Winning streaks, and that's what's happening to the Oakland A's in 2002. They are winning 16, 17, 18, 19 consecutive games, and then we get to the possible 20th winning game. And oh my gosh, I think this this part of the movie is set up fantastically because throughout the movie you see that the general manager Billy Bean does not watch these baseball games. He does not watch the baseball games of his own team. Now I could not find if this was actually a for real thing. I think it would be very interesting if it was, but probably isn't, just for dramatic effect, especially for this part of the movie. I can relate to the superstition thing though, so like respect if this is actually what he did. Anyways, he his daughter calls him and she's like dad you have to he was like on his way to see like a minor league team or something on the day that they could be winning their 20th consecutive game and she's like dad you have to turn around you have to do it and he was like nope don't tell me the score don't tell me anything I'm not gonna do it well he turns on the radio and it's like eleven o, bottom of the fourth inning Oakland A's are winning so he turns around and heads back to the stadium And he starts watching the game. But this is when I want to say they were playing the Marlins, maybe. And they start picking off runs here, here, here. And you get to the 8th or ninth inning and it's 11-10. And you're like, oh no. The A's are going to lose. The A's are going to lose after all this time. But then QN, Chris Pratt, Scott Hatterberg hits and gets home run and then the rest is history and they got that 20th consecutive game and it was great and it's beautiful and i love that scene and it just makes you feel good and you get goosebumps and it's just cool um i wish i was alive during this time because although i hate baseball like i still pay attention to it to some extent to some extent i'm gonna emphasize that because i i don't know i couldn't tell you what's going on right now and it's like almost postseason for baseball in probably two weeks i'll tell you what the chicago Cubs are definitely not going to be in it that's for sure this year they're it's been a tough one if you know you know a moment of silence for the cubs fan who have just been through it anyways they after this 20th consecutive game they win the american league west series um but then they ultimately lose in the American League Division Series which conveniently is the same game that they lost the year before and so Bean is very frustrated by this because he was like I did all this work and we were finally successful but there's a part in the the movie that these commentators are discussing the Oakland A's and this whole this whole movie you hear these radio snippets and sound bites from people who are like what what the hell are, what the hell is Oakland A's doing, and Billy Bean gets all this hate, and when they start doing well, he's not recognized for it. It's Art Howe. People think Art Howe is the one that's, like, making this team, which is, like, I'm sure helpful, but a lot of the work is from being a brand, um, but he's just frustrated. However, Bean is invited to Boston by the Red Sox, to discuss a possible new deal. And Bean is just like cut the BS, what do you want me here for? And Bean is offered 12. 12.5 $12. 5 million dollars by the Red Sox to become general manager. Crazy enough, he declines. Crazy enough, the Red Sox win the World Series 2 years later in 2004. Because they, they start using cybermetrics. This this the same system that the Oakland A's were using. And that's kind of where the movie ends. And I know it sounds like weird that a movie would end on a losing game, a declined new job offer, and just like a weird spot. But I think it shows the highlights and the flaws of this system of how people are recruiting baseball players it's like okay we have all these stats and it's important to analyze that and i think analyze analyze that but they don't realize the it's just like if a player is not good they're not good if they don't perform you're not going to win games so it, it might be helpful to maybe fight the system a little bit but it w- when it comes to like pressure and crunch time you're not going to succeed and so, I think it's been ironed out a little bit. A lot of people have since used this system, including the Red Sox. Um, so it's just like bizarre to me that this this team, this team of like two three people, started looking at baseball in a different light, and now, well, uh, so many people do it. Um, when I was doing some research, it's like the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, the Cardinals, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Diamondbacks, and the Indians all have specifically cybermetric analysts to look at these things of baseball players and stuff like that, but I just like think this movie is so fascinating because of the study you have to have about your players and who you're recruiting, and it's not just who looks good holding a baseball it's about all the little all the little details so accuracy wise like I said this is a real story that was based off of that was put into a book and then a movie was made about the book so there was definitely things left out there was definitely things dramatized because the book itself isn't like a a story it's more of a explanation of what just happened during the season and um all that stuff um it's nonfiction. it was publicized in 2003 of june so pretty much right after the season almost also i don't i started reading like some sports books last year and they're honestly pretty good i'd never really gotten into them but i like them and they're kind of my favorite one of my favorite things now i guess anyways um it was written by michael lewis i I, like i said i can't see if the like superstition thing that billy bean did is real i can very much relate to that i used to think that if i missed the tip off of basketball games that my favorite team would lose which happened that happens a lot is it because my teams are bad no it's because i missed tip off like the virginia purdue march madness game to the i think that was in the Lee eight guess who missed, missed the tip off of that game Me. guess who lost purdue anyways not like i hold on to grudges or anything like that um the peter brand thing that was semi-accurate because they literally created the name peter brand um but he is a collection of many people that were involved in this situation i'm including ball de podesta i just think he's a cool man he's very successful and obviously extremely intelligent um low-key Brad Pitt kind of looks like Billy Bean like not currently but like both when they were younger so that's probably helpful that they cast him um it wasn't filmed in the Oakland Stadium originally they planned to do that but there were some budget cuts because Sony literally was in contracts with too many baseball related movies yes that's a real thing So, Moneyball was put on the back burner a little bit, and then it got budget cuts, and so then it was filmed in Blair Field, which is also in California, so at least they weren't too far away. Um, but that's where a lot of it was filmed. It was also filmed in, um, Dodger Stadium, and there was about 700 extras for fans for a variety of baseball scenes. Um... And then there is some that, that are at the Coliseum, but not most of them. Um, and then there was a critique that the film cuts out players that were actually scouted the traditional way. Their names are, give me a moment, um, they, they're mostly pitchers, um, Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, and Barry Zito, um, as well as Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejeda. Um they were players that helped this team be successful, but they weren't talked about because they weren't they were traditionally scouted and they actually did well and that's not like supportive of what they were trying to highlight in with cybermetrics in baseball. So to wrap things up, my personal review of this movie is I don't know. Maybe this is me being me, but I'm giving this as, like, an 8.5 range out of 10 here. Maybe 8.2, maybe 8.6. Just 8.5 is, I feel like, the best I can go. Great cast. Great story. There's not as many, like in Hoosiers, there's not as many, like, subplots. There's, like, one subplot, and it's the fact that he played he used to play baseball and didn't work out very well also the daughter but like they don't really go into their their relationship she just like shows up sometimes which i think is fine and probably how she is involved in this life so it, it wasn't weird um and i just think it's fascinating how important stats and information are when you're managing teams like this again it's one of my favorite movies ever and it's a baseball movie but it's way more about those stats and how you use them over baseball so that's probably why i like it and i would judge like the accuracy of how the game of baseball was played um but i think it did pretty good because there's honestly not that much baseball being played in the movie so maybe if you're looking for if you're looking for a movie that's like watching a baseball game would not would not recommend this one because this is more about information on sports which is i like that part So that's why i like that movie so with that my 8.5 out of 10 um that is money ball and this was the second episode of wilson sporting reviews and i hope you enjoyed and i hope my fantasy football gets better but I'm pretty sure i'm still losing and will probably lose this week again but I look forward to talking to you next week um, when we just talk about another sports movie and another genre or not genre, but different sport. You know what I'm trying to say. Have a good one.